0: Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, good morning. What an exciting day already, seeing people be baptized. Uh, real privilege to baptize Liam. Liam has Down syndrome, and, and he, for months, has wanted to be baptized, but his parents wanted to make sure that this was not just an emotional thing. It was like he knew what he's doing, so he's been studying at home, knowing what it is, but... All of a sudden he got nervous, um, but what a celebration for everybody that was baptized today. Well, we are on this series, week two of our series, um, Heart and Home, and today we are talking about the purpose of marriage now, before some of you were saying, "Hey, and my daughter said this to me last night, Dad, what are we talking about we Well, talking about marriage, she goes, "Well, what do I need to go to church for?" i said honey you 're going to be married sometime, right yeah, well, yeah, dad, so." learn today what what your role might be in this. And so whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're divorced, whether you're struggling in your marriage, and I know that there are struggles in marriages. And so today... And by the way, you're probably going to find that as we talk about these things, about building stronger foundations in our home and our marriages, that it would not be surprising if you find yourself a little bit under uh, a little more attack, a little more conflict in your home. but, But be strong, be strong and courageous and overcome. The adversary who wants to uh, cause trouble for you. Well, before this, do you, you guys realize this, right? Men and women, we just kind of like think differently. We 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 communicate differently. Well, this is what a wife said once to her husband. Wife, our new neighbors always kisses. Our new neighbor always kisses his wife before he leaves for work. Why don't you do that, husband? How can I? I don't even know her. You see, she was like, come on, husband, that's so romantic, do this for me, and the husband's like, I don't how can I kiss her? I don't even know my neighbor's wife. Oh, man. So we have a lot of work to do, in other words, and so today we're going to unpack that. If you have your Bibles, um, I encourage you bring your Bibles or your devices or something that you can actually look at the scripture. Remember week one, we set this up to say, um, don't take my word for it, take the word for it. Meaning the authority of God's word, that, that we're really not going to be talking about opinions. We're going to be talking about, well, we are. We're going to be talking about God's opinion on things, which is his word. Ephesians chapter 5 so we're, today we're going to be talking, if you want to title this, if you're taking notes, it's the purpose of marriage. And I want to also just take a moment to greet the many who are watching online today. Um, you guys can make a little scream in your home um, for that. A lot of people, the weather here in New Hampshire anyways was a little tricky, but a good number of you guys came out, but I know a number of you are watching at home, so I want to greet you as well. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 22, the purpose of marriage is what we're going to talk about today. So this is what it says. It was titled, Wives and Husbands. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, uh, his body and himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit in everything to your husbands. should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. Just as Christ does the church. All right, so this is kind of where we're going to be heading today about roles and positions in marriage. And again, remember... If you're not married, it's a good chance for you to kind of learn some things. If you are divorced, maybe you can understand, man, maybe we got some things wrong. And if you are struggling in your marriage, maybe it's a great time to kind of say, okay, how do I need to respond here? Well, I want to let you know that first and foremost, that why we started last week, and if you missed last week, we started in the book of Genesis and really talked about the original family, God's an original intent for humanity, and he put man, created man first, then uh, the wife out of the man, and God wanted to be the head of the family. And today, that continues to be the case. But we said when we're starting to talk about family issues and, and family matters, it's really important to look at original intent. What was God trying to do from the beginning? The other thing that was really important that we understood, who were the characters in this narrative, in this account? We had God the Father. We had the man. We had the woman. And then we kind of forget sometimes, and we're dealing with marriage issues, that guess we also have an enemy. In the midst of that, you have Satan, who presented himself as a serpent. It's important for you to understand maybe a little bit of the context of of Satan in this moment because Satan, when he rebelled against, he was an angel, by the way, he was an archangel. Lucifer was his name. And when he left heaven, he brought a third of the angels with him, and those are called demons. They're just really fallen angels. And he is hell bent to twist, to manipulate, to distort, to pervert anything that God has originally intended and created. Why this is important for you to understand is because when you struggle, when you have troubles, when you have saying, man, that doesn't seem right, or our society is flipping upside down of what is right from wrong and what constitute marriage, know that we have an influencer who is trying to distort the very thing that God has created. And he is hell-bent, to distort that. He is hell-bent. So there's a scripture in here, 1 Peter 5 8, It says, be sober-minded. So in other words, be aware, be watchful. Your adversary, Satan, the devil, prowls around like a lion seeking someone to devour. And I would say one of the strongest things that the enemy is trying to destroy is marriages. I'll tell you why. If you understand the purpose of marriage, you'll understand why he's hell-bent to destroy marriages. The other concept I want you to understand, and this is from Ephesians, is understanding that Jesus, the bridegroom, he's known as the bridegroom, is looking for his bride, the church, which is the people who who consider themselves followers of Jesus. There's all this imagery around New Testament language of the bride, Jesus, and his bridegroom. But I I would like to contend with you the purpose of marriage, and here it is. This is really the big point of today, so this is what you want to write down. The purpose of marriage. Marriage is to model the message of Jesus. Marriage is to model the message of Jesus. Well, what is the message of Jesus? Well, God so loved the world that he gave his son to redeem this world back into the place of God's covering, which brings a blessing. The message of Jesus was that Jesus himself lived lived his life to serve the church, to help reconcile this relationship, put it back into order, put it back into the original intent that God would be the head of the family, of the spiritual family. So the question that I have for, though, is... Do our marriages model this message? Think about it for a moment. Because the challenges that we have is, and this is where I would say young people, you might be looking, ladies, for your knight in shining armor to feel him sweep you off your feet and feel loved and cherished. Not wrong to feel loved and cherished. That's actually good. But we build up these things. Husbands, man, I just want to get married for somebody to cook me meals, do my laundry, keep the house clean. Okay, those might be benefits of marriage or, hey, you know, uh, we want, I just want to, like, I can't control my passion, so I'll get married to, okay, benefits of marriage, but it's not the purpose of marriage. If marriage is to model the message of Jesus, then we need to understand what that means and then how do we live that out. So today, we're going to go there. Because I think it helps us understand that Ephesians verse a little bit better as well. With this whole idea of wives submit to your husbands, and, and husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, and husbands never remember that part. They only remember the wives submit part, and that's, that makes a mess too. It's both and. Well, before we get into this idea of these roles, I, I first want to say this whole idea of Wives submitting to your husbands as as the church submits to Christ. You see, I wonder if husbands would uh, okay, I'll be hardening you husbands for a minute, or, or guys. If we would lead the way that Christ led the church, it'd be pretty easy for our women to follow the lead. And I want to I give a disclaimer. I was talking to somebody before service and they said I was going through some of the things I was going to talk about and I said, and by the way, I'm a work in progress. We're human. So even though this is the model, this is the, what we should be aiming towards, the reality is, is, is I have a lot of failures. I have a lot of things that I'm working on. I have a lot of things that I'm trying to get better at, but I need to know what I should be pointing my life towards. So if nothing else, don't get discouraged in this message like, there's no way I'm going to attain that. All you need to do is point yourself to that direction and say, how am I every day going to become or try to become this? Press in, pursue. But I want to let you know that there's one other thing that we, we, need, we forget or maybe don't even aren't aware of. And it has to go with what took place in the Garden of Eden. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter chapter 3. Part of the curse of Adam and Eve partaking of this fruit is this. And I'm going to read it. And I alluded to it last week, but I want to read it because it's really important for us today. And starting in verse 14 of chapter 3 in Genesis, it says, The Lord said to the serpent, Satan, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On the belly you shall go, and dust shall, uh, you shall eat all the days of your life. Now, this is where I want you to focus. I will put enmity. That word enmity is actually conflict division, strife. I'll put enmity between you and the woman, Satan and the woman, and between your offspring, Satan's offspring, and her, the woman's offspring. And he shall bruise your head, he being the husband. You might say, well, I interpreted that was Jesus because we know in other scriptures where Jesus would bruise the head of Satan. But I would say if husbands are to be a reflection of what Jesus has done for the church, I would say husbands... Shall bruise your head, Satan, shall bruise Satan's head, and you, Satan, shall bruise the husband's heel. Now, when you go on further and see what the curse is, the man has to do, it has nothing to do with the enmity or the conflict or the strife that is going to take place from the woman. The reason I bring this up is because it helps us understand roles, it helps us understand men in their leadership. It helps us understand that we have this enemy who is really after the family, but who's going to do battle? Who's going to do the war? You see, men, I believe there's inside each one of us this this warrior person inside of us, but it gets manifested if it's not... Directed in the right way, we become weekend warriors or we become warriors in our jobs or we're gonna like take the land and this or that. And the reality, we were designed to war, to protect and care for our women. Because the enemy for some reason is after our women. They're after our wives. And I I would contend with you to say that it is our primary job as husbands, as men, as future husbands, to fight the fight, to war off the attacks of the enemy. Because we know, we know, we know that the, the Bible says that there is going to be a war on our women. It says it right here in Genesis chapter 3. So you take this in consideration and then you start looking at how do we lead within our homes? And you say, well, well, how do we know that there's, aren't marriages supposed to be these peaceful places? There's not going to be conflict. And I love after young couples get married and they say, oh, we've never had a fight ever in a life. Oh, we just love each other. It's just bliss. I say, you guys, you're living in la-la land. You just found a great way to stuff all the conflict down and pretend you're living in bliss. Because the reality, and maybe God will give you that honeymoon period for sure, but the reality is that you will have conflict in your life, in your marriages. It is guaranteed. And by the way, because you have conflict, that's not wrong. You have to learn to know how to deal with conflict and to fight fair. Because the reality is the battle's not between both of you. The battle is really the enemy. He's coming in. Well, how do you know if if our if our marriages are to be a model of the gospel of Jesus Christ, how Christ interacted with the church. Where do we see Jesus had conflict with his disciples? Well, remember that time Peter was doing something stupid and Jesus says, get behind me, Satan? Now guys, don't, I I wouldn't try this at home. (laughs) Don't, don't tell your wife, get behind me, Satan. That's probably not going to go over really well. But Jesus understood that how Peter was reacting, how Peter was responding was not him. It was the influence of Satan that was going on at that moment. We have these influences that are coming into our families and, and, we, and there's a lot of ways we can take care of that. And sometimes for guys, we just kind of check out because it's like, I don't want to deal with the conflict and you shut down and escape and that's why the, the man cave exists. It's like, hide me out here but maybe we need to come out of the cave and we need to get a little bloody and not with our spouse, but contend for our families. You see, how Jesus gave his life for the church, husbands give their lives to their wives. How the church submits to Jesus, wives submit to your husbands. Let me read that again. Husbands. How Jesus gave his life for the church, husbands, give your lives to your wives. How the church submits to Jesus, wives, submit to your husbands. Okay, so let's play this out a little bit. This could be fun, or this could be like, ouch, this hurts. All right, so Jesus, Jesus says, I will lay down my life for you. Jesus says, I will redeem you, bring healing to you, and set you free. Jesus says, I will protect and contend you, and I will fight Satan on your behalf. Jesus says, I will present you without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. And Jesus says, I want to remove the curse from you and bless you. Right? That's what Jesus does. Agreed? I need a little more affirmation. That's what Jesus does. Agreed. All right. I just want to make sure because I'm just going to like throw you a little zinger right now. Husbands, husbands, I lay my life down for you, my wife. Husbands, I will redeem you. I will bring healing to you. I will set you free. Husbands, I will protect you and I will contend for you and fight Satan on your behalf. And husbands, I will present you without uh, without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. And husbands, to your wives, I will remove the curse and bless you. See, the girls like those. Girls, would you like a husband that would do that for you? Well, only some of you would. All right, so here we go, wives. Wives, wives. Okay, so pretend this is us now responding to Jesus. We just had this great time of worship. We talk about it. so, So pretend that this is us talking to Jesus now. Jesus, I give my life to you. Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. Jesus, I long to spend time with you. Jesus, not my will, but your will be done. And Jesus, I will receive your blessing with gratitude and thankfulness, and I praise you, Jesus. Agreed, that's how we would kind of engage with Jesus, right? Oh, do we have to keep doing this again? Can you kind of uh, agree with me that, okay, thank you. The girls are nervous to say yes to this one. Because... If how the church submits to Jesus, wives, submit to your husbands, then we would say, wives, as it relates to your husband, wives, I give my life to you, my husband. Wives, you are the Lord of my life. Small L, small L, small L. Yes, my Lord. Can I save you breakfast, my Lord? Okay, it's a fantasy of mine. Don't don't worry about it. Moving on. Wives, I long to spend time with you, my husband. Wives, not my will, but your will be done, husband. Wives, I will receive your blessing with gratitude and thankfulness, and I'll praise you. It sounds weird, doesn't it, in that context? But in reality, if you look at Ephesians chapter 8, that is exactly what it's saying for husbands and wives to be doing. Now, I'm very well aware that our marriages probably don't look exactly like that. At least mine doesn't. You guys can talk to your spouses later. We don't, we don't need all the extra chatter right now. But I, I do want my wife to call me Lord this once, <laughs> though small L. I just All I want is a small L Lord. Yes, my Lord. How might I serve you today? That's why I love Downton Abbey so much. It's just like, all right. But then my wife would say, so are you willing to give your very life for me? Are you willing to contend for me, fight for me? See, it's really easy for a wife to follow her husband if a husband is acting the way that Jesus acted towards the church. Preach it. And then wives, or I should say husbands, I'll tell you what. You know, but later in this scripture, it talks about love and respect. If you've ever gone through that marriage Program of love and respect, you understand what it means and what it does to a guy who makes him feel like this mighty warrior when, when a wife respects her husband. And so that last line I will receive your blessing with gratitude and thankfulness. And I'll praise you. And, oh man, husband, you're awesome. You're so amazing. Oh, yes, I am. Let me tell you how amazing I am. You know, I mean, but, but here's, here's the thing. We laugh about it, but it's the way we're designed. And if we live these ways, we'll realize that we have these marriages that begin to model to our world that needs to see the message of Jesus. Really, the whole purpose of our marriages are to reflect and to mirror the message of Jesus. And when we live our marriages that way, the world gets to see the gospel message of Jesus. It does. Now, you get all the other benefits of marriage. That's not the only thing. So, you get the benefits of intimacy. You get the benefits of, you know, you got a helper in life. You got a companion in life. All those benefits. But I would say the primary purpose is that our marriages are to model the message of Jesus. So, how are we doing? How are we doing with our marriages modeling the message of Jesus? So I, I'm very well aware, if, you, if it's, your marriages are like mine, it takes work. It takes contending for. It takes mutual submission. You see, when, when as a husband, when I don't live up to my end, to really model Jesus to my wife and my family... I gotta humble myself and say, sorry, honey, I, I, I'm not doing what I should be doing. And wives, when when you get to that place and future wives, young girls, your young guys, Jesse and Doug, you're gonna get married this summer. What what does that mean? It means would you at least put this target, at least put this model, at least put this picture somewhere in your brain, in your heart, in your home, in your car, and say, at least this is what I should be shooting at. At least this is what I should be contending for. At least this is what I, the direction my life should be heading. And then when you get off track, you begin to say, okay, I got to re recorrect And so you can remember this image. You just have to think about yourselves. You, wives, are like the church. How do you give your life to Jesus? And wives, that's how you are with your husbands. Husbands, what did Jesus do for the church? How did he live his life? How did he keep contending? How did he set people free? How did he love? How did he Just keep contending. When somebody walks away, he he goes after, right? The one's lost, he goes after them. Guys, some of you need to hear this. It's time you go fight for your wife. Go after them. Yes, they've wandered away, but guess what? The enemy is going after the woman. The enemy has an understanding that he's going to go after. And by the way, when the Bible talks about saying that our women are weaker, weaker vessels... You know, girls, you don't like to hear that, especially New England girls, you're hearty, I get it. It's like, man, but can I tell you what? It has nothing to do with just strength or weak. Think about this. You're more vulnerable. That's why you need a guide to contend for you and protect you and go after you. Husbands, I, I would say for too long, We maybe have never had this model to our lives. Our dads didn't. The church doesn't spend a lot of time talking about it, but today, just today, would you say, would you take a moment and say, God, I haven't been living this way, but I want to start at least going after this model. That our marriages would reflect the message of Jesus. And it might mean the guys you need to repent. Jesus, I'm sorry, I, I honestly didn't even know Jesus. That's the first time I've heard this. But now you know. now I know. I want our marriages to be so strong that the world looks at our marriages and say, "I see Jesus. I see what Jesus did for this world. I see these, these things of mutual submission. Not domineering, not hard. Woman, you better, you better submit to me. Oh no! Jesus never demanded anything of us. He always invited us. Wives, cut your guys some break. As they're trying to figure this out. can be a struggle for us to live this way. So be gracious. Husbands and wives, be gracious to each other as we try to figure this stuff out. Marriage is to model the message of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I just ask right now that you would be in the midst of this time that we realize for many of us guys husbands future husbands divorced men that maybe we just didn't know we just weren't taught it wasn't modeled to us help us Lord Jesus to be emboldened to take our rightful place in the home, to lead our families, to wash our families with the word, that we would be the the one who holds the word of God high in our families. Wives, I pray that you would continue to follow what it is outlined in Ephesians. but not feeling like you've got to pick up all the slack. Let, Let your husband lead you. Let our marriages, Lord Jesus, be the model the message of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I pray for hurting marriages right now, that that there would be no discouragement leaving here today. But Father, that there would be a sense of fight that would rise up and say, I'm gonna fight for my marriage. I'm gonna fight for my marriage. I'm gonna fight for my marriage. And Lord Jesus, I just pray right now that where there is trouble in the homes, Lord Jesus, I pray for peace. I pray for peace. Father, I pray that, that husbands would renew their strength as the warrior of the home, that they would contend for their families. Lord Jesus, I pray that our marriages would model, would model, would model the message of Jesus, would model the message that you have for us, Lord Jesus. Let us walk out of here with encouragement, contending for our families, contending for our marriages. Father, where there is broken marriages, Father, let there be healing. Let there be healing. For all of us, Lord Jesus.